0: Time for the 49ers rush podcast.
1: We are down to number three. We started at 90 and man, we have gone a ways and this is going to be a fun one. We've got offensive tackle and perhaps the best player in the NFL last year, Trent Williams Silverback. Now, why is he three on our list? If you wanted to make the argument for him being number one, I have no qualms with that. This is just the order in which we chose because I think the positional value affects that. And, you know, there's lots of different discussions on, you know, who's more important, who's all this stuff. I went with positional value. Um, to kind of delineate the final um, six spots, really, is where it got really difficult. Five all pros and a quarterback. And so offensive tackle, I, I have a little bit behind um, edge and quarterback. We'll see how that ranking shakes out. But make no mistake, Trent Williams is probably the best player on the 49ers roster. But this entire countdown has been... Let's understand who's going to have the biggest impact on the 2022 season. That's the difference there. Now he wears jersey number 71, six foot five, 320 pounds. He might be a little bit bigger than that, to be honest with you. He's 34 years old. East Texas boy. Uh, played at Longview High School. The Lobos. Um, actually, same school as Jamichael Hasty, fellow 49er as well. Even though there's a very large uh, decade gap between the two. But I'll say this, you know, as a former Texas high school football coach, I can tell you those East Texas, uh, players, they're different. Um, it kind of combines the best of everything because you get the, you know, Louisiana type country, um, mindset, work ethic, all those things with the Texas, um, sports facilities and, you know, workout periods, whatever you're in seventh grade and all those things. They're just, it's different there. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's, it's different place and really respect, the products that they put out there and all the prospects that come out of there I mean it's a factory um but you know if we look at kind of who he is. We're going to go through a lot. We're going to see some highlights. We're going to go through who he is as a person, his amazing journey to get to the 49ers, what he's accomplished with the 49ers, plus looking forward, you know, his new contract what those salary cap numbers are, what um, a possible outlook for him in his career, where does he fit in the Hall of Fame conversation, and then more importantly than that, what is he going to need to do for the 2022 49ers to accomplish their goals? A couple golden nuggets uh, that we found, uh, which is interesting. They have a Trent Williams Day on May 12th in Longview to celebrate Trent Williams. That's how good he really, really is. You know, they retired his jersey. That's a very, very big program. Um, And, you know, he has partnered with Nike to donate over 1,000 shoes to give to his elementary school um, in his hometown for kids of need and all those things. Now, some of the things that has made Trent Williams who he is, a very empathetic individual, great leader, team captain, takes a lot of players under his wing. You know, Spencer Burford, rookie Spencer Burford and Jason Poe, he brought to his home uh, Houston to spend the summer with them and kind of mentor them. That's kind of who he is. Now he's learned that from his family. Uh, sadly, he lost his grandfather to diabetes whenever he was younger, and that has made a very lasting impact on him and bringing awareness to American diabetes um, all the way back since 2014. It's been a focus of him um, in things that he has, you know, tried to help. Um, Overcome goes back to Lobo Stadium in Longview, Texas. um, Consistently for games, they retired his jersey. He helps support training camps there, camps workouts there in the summer. Gives away a whole bunch of stuff. Built a new locker room. Um, Helped uh, donated twenty five thousand so they could have an EKG uh, screenings for football players just to make sure they don't miss anything. Uh, New locker room, new shoes. Um, I mean, it's just unreal the amount of stuff. Money and time and energy that he gives to his hometown. And I think that's important. Now, he chose Oklahoma, which, you know, breaks my heart, um, over LSU, Oklahoma State, Texas AM, and was just a freak of nature when he showed up. And so, you know, he played under Bob Stoops and he was there from 2006 to 2009. Started as a true freshman at right tackle and he played with a lot of people, you know. His rookie year, Adrian Peterson's last year, and they became best friends. In fact, they own a gym down in Houston together and spend a lot of time in the offseason together. Uh, still very, very, very close. But, you know, he he protected Sam Bradford, which seems like, you know, a century ago. DeMarco Murray, Adrian Peterson blocked alongside Phil Lodeholt. Like, there's just so many different uh, players that he was able to come across with. And I would argue... Better career than all of them combined. Uh, Even Adrian Peterson, who I think one day will be in the Hall of Fame. Trent Williams is different. Um, Let's throw up some film. Um, This is some 49ers film. He's going to be playing left tackle number 71 in all these clips. Um, So just look for the left tackle spot. You'll see 71 blocking 30 yards downfield on that one. Now, what he was able to accomplish athletically Is just weird. I don't know another word to say it. 6'5, 315, whenever he came into uh, the NFL, he ran a 4.88 40 yard dash. That's bananas. Um, 98%. I think bananas works because, you know, Silverback's his nickname. He has a tattoo of it. uh, Silverback. Did you know that you can now win up to 100? Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card.
1: the documentary that was made on him overcoming cancer was called silverback and we'll detail that journey in a second 34 and a half inch vertical top 97% ran a 7.63 cone 113 inch broad jump top 92% and you know on mockdraftable.com you can like compare these players athletically based on their combine combine um, workouts who they are similar to there's nobody similar to Trent Williams And I I mean nobody um, that's an offensive lineman. It doesn't fit. The closest comparable isn't even an offensive player. Greg Hardy, that's the type of athleticism that Trent Williams has, but he's got an extra 35 pounds. But if you're looking at metrics and the highest percentage, you know, Greg Hardy, terrible person off the field. Um, Trent Williams, great person off the field. But that doesn't mean that Trent hasn't had his hangups. He's had some issues. There's no doubt about it. He was drafted fourth overall in the first round um, to Washington. Guess who the offensive coordinator was? None other than Kyle Shanahan. Um, and, you know, they traded for him later, but and we'll detail all of those things. But it, it, it's pretty crazy what he was able to get done whenever he arrived at Washington. Um, The fact that he got drafted fourth overall, he stepped in as an offensive co-captain right off the bat. Um, Him and Santana Moss were the two offensive captains his first year there, which is uh, crazy to me. And, you know, you look at kind of... He's had an up-and-down journey on some really bad teams, no doubt about it. Been suspended a lot. Week 14, he got suspended for four games after failing several performance-enhancing drug tests. Um, Then in 2012, suffered a bone bruise, played through it that same year, got hurt again, and was elected... Single-team captain. It, we had a right knee injury, played through it, got an MRI, all those things. Another bone bruise, played through it. And this was kind of the issues that played his career with Washington. Several injuries, played through them all. Several suspensions, but he just kept putting his body on the line. He does not like to miss time with injury. We've seen this with the 49ers. He'd rather play through it. And whenever everything kind of came push and shove with Washington. They didn't go to bat for him. And this was somebody that was, you know, putting himself and playing through injuries, despite being on some of the worst teams in the NFL. Now he's made a ridiculous amount of pro bowls, uh, nine pro bowls in his career. And in the 2013 pro bowl, he goes, <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, he didn't get a play in the Pro Bowl because he got in a fight at a nightclub the night before with Richard Sherman and punched Richard Sherman in the face. Uh, <laughs> he was fined $7,000. It cracks me up. I, I get why people want to punch Richard Sherman. Uh, he's, he's just different. I love Rich. I love Sherb. But how hilarious is that, that he didn't get a play in the Pro Bowl because he hit Richard Sherman in the face at a nightclub the night before. Um, anyway, then in the 2013 season, this was interesting as well. Um, Trent Williams accused Roy Ellison, who is one of the umpires for cussing at him and his teammates and all this different things. And one, um, they had to suspend the ump for several games, but like he's just, he's involved in issues. Uh, that's what I will say. I, I don't think there's any character issues besides just the constantly being suspended. In 2016, he got suspended again for violating the NFL's substance abuse policy. Um, despite missing that game, He was still second team, missing four games. He was still second team All-Pro that year, started 10 games, played through injuries, still constantly being brought up in the Pro Bowl and first and second team All-Pro. I mean, there's no doubt he's the best at his position. And that's, you know, including people like Joe Staley, Joe Thomas, whenever he's healthy and not suspended, he has a higher platform than all of them. Maybe not Joe Thomas, but physically he's much more controlling and dominant than even Joe Staley or Joe Thomas was. Now, in April 2019, um Williams had to have a surgical procedure done to remove a growth from his head. Now, I'm going to mess this up. It's called DFSP. It's dermatofibrosarcoma pro Tuberins, I, I know. I'm so sorry, guys, but it's a type of cancer and growth that he first noticed in 2013. Didn't get it removed till 2019. And you know, whenever he didn't report to camp, you know, he wasn't getting support from the organization at all. And this is after he played through several injuries throughout his career. Um, and they showed him no love. And so after that, he basically said, "Fine, I'll sit for a year." And he did. You know, props to him. I, I think. It says a lot to players that at the peak of his career decided to sit for a year because he didn't want to waste his time with this organization anymore. An organization that he gave nine years to and played through a lot on so many bad teams. Washington's been bad forever. Um, And, you know, he had problems with the helmet. You remember that Antonio Brown year because, again, he had surgery on his his scalp. You can go watch the Silverback documentary that details all of this. It's incredible. But – Finally, in March 22, after a long standstill, Washington let him seek a trade uh, because he was basically going to retire or that's it, retire or trade. He was never going to play for them again, not after the way they treated him, his battle with cancer, overcoming all those things. like just It's a terrible franchise, obviously. Now, he finally gets traded to the 49ers on day two of the NFL draft, uh, April 25th, 2020, um, year 2020. Now what's funny is the 49ers stole him. They got a fifth they gave up a fifth rounder and a third rounder. Now the funny thing is the Vikings offered a second round pick and that's what Washington wanted to take because they hate Kyle Shanahan. But instead Trent said, "Nope. You trade me there, I'm not going to play either. You trade me to Kyle." And so the 49ers ripped off I mean, it is a freaking money heist right there. Absolutely incredible what they were able to get them for. And the picks. These are the picks. Uh, they gave up a 2025th rounder, number 156 overall. That's Keith Ishmael. Um, and then they gave up a 2021 third round pick, number 74 overall. Benjamin St. Saint, uh, Saint Just. Like, neither one of them has panned out. Neither one of them has really contributed much at all. Um, and, I mean, just completely fleeced them. That's all I got to say. He steps in with the 49ers, and remember, Joe Staley retired, but we didn't know it. The 49ers knew it. The fans did not know that Joe Staley retired, and it was just such a seamless transition. Incredible. And whenever he came in, it was just, boom, picked up right where he left off with Kyle Shanahan, knew the entire thing, and guess what? Pro Bowl, then Pro Bowl All-Pro year the next year. Now, sign's a huge deal. And props to him. Six-year, $138 million deal. Made him the highest-paid uh, tackle over David Bakhtiari by $100,000. <laughs> and almost signed with the Chiefs. You remember, it was us or the Chiefs, us or the Chiefs. And the 49ers won that one, thankfully. Golly, man, that would have been heartbreaking to see him go there. And it's it's one of the most unique contracts I've ever seen for a player. Essentially, it's a it's a 2 three-year deals backed up um so it, it's interesting and the 49ers have an option to jump out after the 2023 year so let, let's go through the cap hits and try to explain this just a little bit more 2022 his cap hit this year 13.8 million nothing I, I mean that is backloaded deal 2023 26.2 so it almost doubles and the 49ers can walk away. So after next year, they can say, you know what? We're done with this, we're going to move on. And basically they would owe six million dollars the next two years in dead cap money because of the signing bonus, and that's it. So there's an out if they want to get out at that time. If not, 2024, his cap hits 26.9 million, 2025, 29.3, and then 2026 year, his cap hit would be 33 million. and he would be 38 years old that year. Chances he makes that, probably not, and because it's a six-year deal, the signing bonus only carries through five years, so you would be able to walk away that last year, which is essentially a void year, unless he wants to play um, with very little cap structure at all, so probably only going to play five years of that, but hey, if he stays where he's been, I hope he gets every freaking cent, because he's that damn good. Now, he's played in 149, started 148 games in his career, nine Pro Bowls, two All-Pro seasons. There's only 20 players in NFL history that have an 11 or more Pro Bowls. And I'm telling you right now, if he stays healthy, he's going to be a part of that 20-man um, elect group. Now, I know Pro Bowls aren't really the end-all, be-all or measuring stick that it used to be, um, but it still is significant. It shows how popular you are with the fan base and all those different things like it's it's important but it doesn't mean you're a better player there's all pro is probably the most significant significant he's had two all pro first team seasons and one all pro second team season uh back in 2015 now pro football reference puts out a hall of fame meter for each position group which is interesting he's at a 52.3 all right well what what's that mean Tony Baselli, who just got into the Hall of Fame, had an 80.6 grade, and he had to wait 15-plus years before he got into the Hall of Fame. Joe Staley uh, has a 64.4. Now, the difference between Staley and Trent Williams is that Staley was more consistent. Staley's played in 32 more games than Trent Williams played in because, remember, Trent Williams missed basically two years of his prime. Um, but if Trent goes one more all-pro season – I think eventually he'll get into the Hall of Fame. If he goes two all pro seasons in a Super Bowl, he'll get in first or second year, almost guaranteed. Um, he's a Hall of Fame caliber player. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, again, you know, the 99 Madden rating, he's one of four players, the first offensive lineman to ever get that rating. Like, he is respected throughout the entire NFL. There's no doubt about it. I think that helps. I really, really do. I think that that kind of channels everything into this popularity, um, whatever else it is you're looking for. He's great. Now, what is it that the 49ers need from him for 2022? That's what this whole countdown's about. Stability and mentorship. And it's already begun, right? Spencer Burford, who's taken every single first-team snap with the offensive line group at right guard, He's taking him under his wing. The backup right guard, Jason Poe, same thing. Helping Aaron Banks, who lines up next to him, making it easy for that transition for him to step in starting. That's important. He is the captain of the team. Even when Debo was going through all of his contract stuff, Debo even said, Trent Williams is like a big brother to me. And when things got bad, we would talk and he'd calm things down, bring me back to the table. I mean, you could go as far to say, look, without Trent Williams, Debo's not here. Without Trent Williams... Things change. It's incredible what he has done on the field, off the field. Who leads the team out of the locker room every time? Debo? Trent Williams. They're the leaders of this team, whether it's talking, whether it's character, whether it's energy, whether it's mentorship. It's incredible. I love Silverback, and he's going to allow Trey Lance to develop and blossom into what he could be. And I think the 49ers are so dang lucky. It cracks me up that they got one of the best players in the NFL for a third and fifth round pick. And people would have complained about this front office. you got to be kidding me. Um, Trent Williams is incredible. And I am very, very happy that he is on our team. And I'm excited to see number 71 out there for hopefully – I hope he finishes this contract. Probably going to get three more years. Uh, You know, four to five years is probably what he's got left. Um And I'm totally fine with that. The best offensive lineman in the NFL comes in at number three for the 49ers. And I think that's a testament to just how good this roster is. I want to say thank you to Anthony. Josh, you guys have crushed it. Wonderful job as we go through this countdown. And, man, we just got two more. Wonder who is going to be next.